right, so, man, um, back there doing worship, I was really struck and how you guys are doing worship up here and then and how you guys were praying. Um, this really made me think about, because um, we talk a lot about uh, being in Christ and what that means, what that looks like to be a son or a daughter. And then to hear you guys, uh, how you guys are praying and, and worshiping up here, I just think about how vast God is. Creating the entire universe, speaking it into existence. He's just, the Isaiah was like so afraid. He said, me and my, woe is me and my unclean lips as he approaches the throne of God. And so God uh, touches a coal to his lips. Um, but, he, you know, he falls face down. You see people in the Bible, when they encounter God, they fall on their face in reverence and, fe- and a holy fear. And to really think about that's the God we serve. But because of Jesus' work, and I, it's like for some reason like this today with you guys praying and, and your worship has really like for some reason it clicked more than it ever has. We can approach that God, God as our Father, that God who uh, before the, the people worshipped in, in reverence and a holy fear like we should t- today. But they fell prostrate on the ground and knowing that they were going to be, woe is me, I'm going to die. Uh, but now we can enter into the Holy of Holies to our, the same God because of what Jesus Christ has done. His life, his death, and his resurrection means that we can approach that God and call him Father. And that just blows my mind. Back there, it was, that's the God, Yahweh. We can call him Father. And uh, I was talking to Jason because about, you know, what word would I have, you know, after sharing testimony stuff. I just feel like that's the word today that I, I, I get more about my sonship in, in Christ uh, when I realize that's the God that we can walk up to and call him Father. And that just blows me away. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for your hearts and for that, the worship and your guys' sincerity and your prayers. That really just messed me up back there. And uh, it's just something clicked in my heart and my spirit. Um, wow. I don't, actually, I'm going to pray into that. Um, Father God, we thank you that you are so good and kind and you are above all things. You are all in all. And we thank you that you sent your son down to die for us, to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve, and to rise again and that we can rise with him, Lord. We thank you that we are seated with you in the heavenlies, Jesus. And that means that we have full access to the Father. Full access to the the very top of the Godhead, Yahweh. We thank you that we can come to you with our arms open, knowing that you're going to embrace us. You're going to embrace us. We want everybody out there on the streets, in our neighborhoods, and even the children in our homes to know that. To really know how much you care and how much you love and your forbearance and your long-suffering. And it's that your kindness leads us to repentance. And that we, we have that full access as sons and daughters to approach you boldly as our Father. And so, Lord, I just ask and pray that you would just give me the words to speak. 
And I pray um, that you are glorified. You are glorified today, Lord. I don't even have to pray that. You are glorified every single day. We thank you, God, that we can be a part of what you are doing. And you invited us in to your work. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have given us everything that we need to accomplish that by your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Okay. Honey, you want to come up? Okay. Um, so Julie and I have been in uh, Wichita for about nine months, roughly nine months. Yeah. We were living in El Dorado. I was working on the fire department. Uh, was there. You can come up, honey. Was there for about eight years. And um, in, in the midst of all that, um, we, we came into that as a... So we came into that as a uh, as non-believers. We we walked into um, the fire department, and then we got married and uh, came to Christ. And then through that, the, the Lord used the fire department and different things to to help us to grow. About seven years into the fire department, uh, the Lord called us out. So I resigned. We moved down to Houston as missionaries down there. Um, we're down there for a while, and then. We, the Lord had us come back up to uh, El Dorado, um, where I got rehired on the fire department. And the chief was like, and, and it, was, it was really neat because he was just like, hey, I heard you're, you know, you're wanting to get back on the fire department. He's like, you could start this day and it'd be like you never left. He's like, you just got to promise me one thing. You'll give me at least a year. And I said, okay. And so crazy thing is, a year later, the Lord said, you need to move to Wichita. So I resigned from the fire department again. And so we moved here, and um, we are trying to figure out, because we knew what we needed to do, what God was calling us here to do in Wichita. But we thought, uh, you know, like, well, how are we going to raise support, or do we need to work, do some kind of tent making? And so we prayed about it, and we thought the Lord was leading us into tent making. And so I got a, a, a job with uh, Liberty Fruit, uh, delivering uh, fruits and stuff to restaurants. And so we did that for about seven-ish, eight months, something like that. And um, that whole time that we were doing that, um, I felt like I was like I was in a wine press. And I was like, oh, this is the season we're in. You know, we're just going to keep pressing through. Um, so every month it just seemed like it was getting more and more difficult. Uh, there wasn't a, a whole lot of ministry stuff going on. Um, it just felt like we were, we were being pressed and, 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 and just, um, yeah, I don't know. The wine press is just the best analogy I can give. Just really pressed. And then uh, I had two brothers come over to our house, and we talked about cults and things like that. And uh, it was just, I felt alive and felt good. I wasn't, still wasn't putting two and two together. And, uh, and then they left, and then uh, Julia was like, Hey, you know, I was, you're just, you're different. You were full of energy. You were more alive. And um, she's like, what did the Lord tell us to do when we came here? Um, what, what was his calling on us to come up here? And we're like, to do work with the homeless, uh, with the, you know, with the, the prostitutes in the strip clubs. Um, and then she's like, are we doing that? I was like, no. And she's like, well, let's do it. 
And uh, we knew that the Lord was telling us to go full time. It's like be on the street continuously because we know from the past that consistency on the streets or consistency with anyone, uh, especially when you're discipling someone, is key. Uh, you can't just have a once-a-week meeting with somebody and think that they're going to grow in Christ. you got to meet with them continually. And so we need to be on the streets continually. We need to be in the clubs continually um, so that we can witness. And then when they, when they receive Christ, that we can walk with them. And so uh, it was that moment that we said we needed to quit. And so uh, we, well, we're like, we've got to pray. And uh, just you know, confirm that this is what the Lord's telling us. And it was like overwhelmingly... Like, we needed to, to do this. And so I was like, well, I'll put in a month uh, notice because of the, the things in the job would be, um, it would be easier for them to transition uh, to hire another guy. Plus, the guy that, there was a guy that was leaving um, on vacation, and so it would have been perfect to, to leave in a month. So I go to work, um, I think it was like the following day, and <clears throat> the guy that said he's taking vacation He's in the back of the truck, and we're transferring produce, and he said he's not taking vacation. Like, he wasn't taking vacation until, like, May. And then I felt the Lord tell me, put in your two weeks. And I was like, oh, my word. Um, Because we we weren't doing any raising support yet or anything. We didn't even know how to raise support. Um, And we didn't know what to do. And then, uh, so we put in our two weeks, and... uh, we talked to a couple of brothers, sisters in the faith that have raised support, what that looks like. And so that's kind of what, that's what we've been doing. So in the process of that, there's, there's, um, there's a guy who does this uh, as a ministry of raised support. And he's saying, um, don't, you don't necessarily, okay, don't um, go out and do ministry until you're fully supported. That's not, we 100% knew that's not what the Lord's telling us. Lord's like, go out right now. And so that, how long have we not been working? Two months? Three. three months. And so for about two or three months, uh, we've been out on the streets. We've been sleeping out on the streets. Uh, Julia's been going in and out of strip clubs. Uh, we've been praying at brothels here in Wichita, around 30-ish of them. Um, and it's been great. And it's been difficult. And so uh, we want to share uh, what it, what it kind of looks like. And so um, in the process, I knew beforehand, though, that the Lord wanted us to, to stay out on the streets and be out on the streets continuously and uh, for us to, to, just to be completely united so, uh, in this. And so there, that, there's a, another testimony itself that's really cool. But So uh, first night that we stayed out on the street, um, it was me and uh, Pocky. I know you guys know Pastor Pocky. And so... Um, we don't. We didn't go out with. We never really go out with an agenda. We never go out with a list of things that we need to do. Uh, we just want to go out and uh, ask the Lord who He wants us to talk to. Who does He have ready already on the streets for us that has a fourth soil heart that that He wants us to talk to? Somebody. There's people out on the street right now that are prepared. Uh, for him at the at this very moment to hear his word and receive it. We're, those are the individuals we want to talk to, and um, so we go down to uh, we park out here. We go down to uh, the Lord's Diner and we spend a lot of the day there. Um, the a lot, and I know you guys probably know about the Lord's Diner. So uh, 
We spend a lot of the day there, um, and as the day progresses, around 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock is when uh, people, there's a majority of people there, sometimes 50, sometimes 200, and uh, a, a lot of them are homeless. Um, there's others that are just low income, but you can see the, the darkness out there. Right there at the Lord's Diner, um, you can see uh, all this stuff going on. So Pocky and I are standing out there, we're praying, we're just trying to observe and see what's going on, and... Um, we see a young girl, and she's about uh, from me to the doors right there, and she's, um, she's high, uh, and she's not really, she's not, she's not mentally there. She's, it's very demonic uh, what's going on, and she's pulling at herself, she's scratching at herself, she's talking to the air, she's just, she, can't, she, she can't stop moving. And then you can see that there's, there's guys approaching her because they, they know that where she's at mentally, they can take advantage of her. And so we're watching all that's going on. We're praying for her. And um, she's not having it. Because, and it's not because she doesn't want it. She just can't think. Like, she's, going, she's moving from one place to another. And so they can as they're approaching, she just moves. And approach, she just moves. And so, because she can't sit still. She can't stand still. And she's still pulling herself, pulling at her face. So she turns and walks off and goes up to Quick Trip. And uh, so we, uh, we go in, we, get a, we, we eat with the individuals there. We get a talk and, and, and just kind of see what's spiritually going on. And so uh, really, our heart was broken for her. And we were like, you know, we wish we would have talked to her. Um, uh, but she she took off and then she was down the road and we're like, well, hopefully the Lord will bring her back to us so that we can uh, go and talk to her. At that point, we started being able to minister to other individuals there. So we come out of there and then we go to uh, Wino Park where we meet some interesting people. Uh, they're not allowed to sleep there at Wino Park anymore. At 10 o'clock, they have uh, a certain individual that uh, ushers everybody out of the park. He calls himself the mayor of the park. And uh, he sleeps... Uh, behind the spaghetti factory, and so he was very adamant that I wasn't going to sleep there, and he uh, was giving me a really, really hard time until Pastor Pocky came over, and then he kind of, he, he really changed his tone. He still could, still didn't want us to stay there, but it was cool to have a, that's why we go out in twos, too. it's really cool to have a, a brother out there, or a sister, when you go out in twos, to be able to minister to people. Um, so we leave, and this by this time, it's probably, man, I want to say it's probably 10 o'clock at night, almost, and so we go down to the river. We're looking for a Christian brother that we know is on the streets. His name is Michael, um, and he's been on the streets just over a year, and he's a pretty solid dude. The Lord put him on the streets, and he sleeps and lives underneath the bridges, and he's a Christian, um, and he, that's, that's his calling is to, to be out there on the streets, uh, homeless. And so we're looking for him. Can't find him. We come back through the trees down by the river, and as we're coming up, uh, we're praying about where we're going to kind of camp down for the night. And so we're like, we'll just go to the open doors. Uh, and so we go to the open doors, and uh, on the south side of the open doors, there's the entrances there. Okay, so south of that on that street, there's an eight-story uh, apartment complex. Um, and what we didn't know as we were trying to bed down for the night is that that's a very dark place and a hot spot for uh, tra- for trafficking, for um, drugs um, being put in and out of the building continuously, prostitution. So there's all all night long, almost till about actually till about five in the morning. This stuff is going on. People are coming in and out of the building, going to cars, um, 
uh, girls coming out, getting in vehicles, going in, guys handing out their, their, their dope and getting their, their money and going back in. And uh, Pocky's pointing all this stuff out to me. And um, then, uh, so this is probably about two-ish in the morning, and there's gunfire right around the corner. Um, you know, somebody's just out there, pow, 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 super close. And so we're just, you know, we're sitting, we're like, oh, my gosh, hopefully nobody got hurt. And so we pray for them. And um, not knowing, as um, Pocky was telling me, that most likely they were doing that is because they thought we were police. They've never seen us before. And so uh, when the, the, something like that happens, they get the, the, if we were police officers, we'd get called out and have to investigate, even if we were in an investigation uh, setting. So uh, they wanted to see how, our reaction. Uh, other, we just prayed. And um, the, mind you, the whole time this stuff's going on right in front of us at the, at the hotel. Um, and then, uh, and through this whole process, we're being harassed by people as we're, we're standing there and then we try to bed down a little bit. Um, uh, there's people that come by continuously trying to look at our faces, find out who we are, but they're looking for specific individuals, but they're really just trying to check us out and, um, basically trying to get us to, to, to remove ourselves. Uh, a couple hours later, gunfire again. And they're waiting for us to, to try to do something. So in the midst of all that, Pocky and I are kind of up and down, um, trying to sleep. And then we stand up and, you know, very uncomfortable, windy. So um, we see uh, that girl that at the Lord's Diner um, on the end of the building. On the, uh, yeah, she was on, as, as I'm at, here at the open door, she's right over there and she's walking. And Pocky nudges me and says, there she is. I was like, oh, my gosh, we need, to, we need to do something, pray for her, try to get her over here. And he's like, dude, she's coming over here. And uh, so she comes over, and as I'm standing here, and Pocky's standing right here in the doorway, she comes and stands right in between us and just, just stands there looking right at the hotel. Doesn't say anything. She's coming off her high. She's still doing the same things, but this time she's standing still. And so we get to talk to her and pray for her, put our hands on her, pray for her. And we tell her, because she kind of looks like she's looking for a safe place. We tell her, and she, it's cold. And so um, we give her our sleeping bags, and we tell her that she can sit right here, cover up the sleeping bags, and she can rest, and we'll stay up all night and watch her. Um, and so as she's there, we're praying over her and just watching the area to make sure she's, she's going to be safe and nobody's going to mess with her. Um, She's there for like 30 minutes, and a gentleman walks across the street, and he's looking right past us, right to her, and, uh, and she sees it and notices it, and then she bolts up and goes right over there to him, and then they go inside the, uh, the apartment, and when we don't see her again. So uh, another gentleman comes. His name is Alabama. We get a minister to him, give him one of our sleeping bags, uh, and he's settled, he grabs a chair, at like, I don't know where, I don't even know where he got this chair. And uh, he sits down in the chair, gets in the sleeping bag, and we tuck him in. And he's just like looking at us like, he's like, what do you, he's like, I, this is crazy to me right now. He's like, I've never had anybody do this. And we're there tucking him in, praying for him. He's like, I've ne-, he's like, I've never. And so we got to minister to him, and it was really, really cool, because he's never had anybody be 
like intimate and, and just really love on him and make sure that he had food and he was covered and he was warm. So we got to talk to him for a while, and that was really cool. So then Pocky and I are going to go back over to our little hut area and, and bed down. So we're sharing a sleeping bag. We open it all up. His head's down here. Mine's up here. We're laying on the ground and trying to, you know, get this thing to cover both of us. And then um, we see another girl over here, and, she, and it's, mind you, it's not warm out, and it's windy, and she's over there, she's not dressed appropriate for the weather. And so we jump up, and we holler at her, she comes over, we zip up the sleeping bag, lay it down, and tell her that if she's, because she's cold, we go inside the sleeping bag, and uh, we'll, again, we'll stand here, and we'll watch you, we'll, we'll protect you, we're praying over her, she does, she gets in there, and she's coming off her a high too, and, uh, but she's like, like real bad fidgeting and she can't, I mean, she's moving and rolling around. She's in, in the sleeping bag for like 30, 40 minutes and she has her suitcase with her. Um, and she, she bolts up, says she's got to go to the bathroom and she takes off and we don't see her again. She leaves her, her suitcase and everything and she's gone. And so, uh, a little discouraged, but we know that God's word never returns void. So we're like, well, we're just going to have to keep praying, you know, and, and so, the, mind you, we could feel the darkness. The day was pretty dark, but at night, it, got, it, was, it was definitely like a tangible darkness, especially where we were at. Um, and so then, uh, we, I think we probably slept maybe an hour and a half out there, and then woke up and then started the day. Um, and so, um, in the process of all that, at the park, we got to meet individuals that have come to church on the street and, and got saved um, a gentleman named Ford, he was saved like eight months ago through church on the street, and he was out there to uh, give it a testimony. He, he got a uh, job in a place, but he comes out on the streets all the time. So we're, we're meeting Christians out there. We're also meeting a lot of dark areas uh, in Wichita that have gone unchallenged. I was telling um, Jason, Pastor Jason, that there's a lot of areas that the enemy has had control over that he doesn't have authority to because we're not out there. Well, now guess what? We as a body are out there. You guys being here is, is central and key. Church on the street where they're at is central and key. When we're seeing all these churches come in unity, we're gonna, we, we have been seeing, whereas two years ago when Julie and I first started this, um, walking up and down the streets, there was a, a lot of response from people. Now people will approach us and talk to us. And so through the prayers and through people being on the streets, it's been really, really cool. Um, uh, there's another night that we stay out there, and it's uh, several of us, and Rocky's out, Pastor Rocky's out there, and so we go back to the Lord's Diner, and there's a young man, he, he approaches uh, um, Christine and um, uh, another gentleman that's out there, we're kind of standing back praying, and, he, and he's 19, he's super young, you can tell he's clean, he's not on drugs, kind of trying to act tough because he's on the streets. He came in from Park City, been on the streets for a week. And uh, he's, he's looking for acceptance somewhere. And so, you know, witnessing to him, telling him he can come with us, he's safe, and, and he's, he's, he's really wanting to. So uh, he stays with us for a little while while we're out there. Um, and so it's not long after we talk to him, he kind of shifts a little bit um, about to where you're standing, and then this couple ride up on a bike. And uh, the girl starts talking to him, and the guy starts talking to him, and then the guy bends down to tie his shoe, and as we're watching this going on, this guy's face changes, like it distorts, and he starts like, it's almost like he's praying, um, and he's just making, and he's 
out loud uh, saying like all these things that he wants to do to this boy. And um, we're watching this go on. His face is not normal. It's, it's, it's very evil, very demonic what's going on. And so we walk up and we tell the kid, we're like, hey, it's like you can't go with this guy. They're going to kill you. They're going to give you some bad dope. They're going to take you away. They're going to kill you. And then he gets, he gets flustered by that because he kind of wants to go. I don't know if it's because of the girl uh, or because of what they were saying to him. So he goes and walks um, down to the end of the parking lot. And it's not, by the time he gets down there and sits down, another couple walks up to him and the guy pulls a knife on him. Right there at the Lord's Diner in front of everybody. So we run over there and we step in between them. The guy puts the knife away and we, we're, and we talk to him. We're like, dude, you got to come with us right now. Do you not see what's going on? Did we not tell you that if you were going to come to the Lord and follow him, that you were going to be attacked immediately by the enemy? That he's trying to get you. You need to come with us. They're going to kill you. And uh, he's struggling with this because the, this is another girl telling him things that he wants to hear. So the whole time that we're talking to him, the guy that pulled a knife and the girl are kind of standing apart. And they're talking kind of like behind us, telling him to go ahead and go eat. And he's listening to them and not us. So we're walking with him to the, into the Lord's Diner. And then he ends up going with them in the Lord's Diner to eat. And we're telling him, like, dude, don't do this. You, they're going to, they want you. They're going to hurt you. And this is... And, I heard through their, their conversation that he might even be 19. That he, they were saying he was 17. And so, um, and that's going to be important in just a second. And so uh, he comes out. He goes over to this car that we, that's been there for uh, probably a couple hours. Oklahoma license plates. Uh, these two girls approach him. And so he starts hearing what he wants to hear. Um, and then he goes over to that vehicle, and they start giving him dope and getting him uh, in a place where he's not mentally able to refuse. Gets in the car, car's gone. We haven't seen him for probably three weeks now. We've seen the other individuals, have not seen him. Gone. That's going, and that was at the Lord's Diner. And so the very next day, as we're driving, because uh, we, we slept at, at the, underneath a bridge, and that was a that was a really cool crazy night uh but so we we leave and then the next morning and i'm taking christine home because she stayed with julia and uh i don't know if my eyes were open to a greater extent but so we're driving down broadway maybe maybe we could see this young man but we see the guy that pulled a knife on him and we talk to him and he goes knocks on this dope house he's saying that he's at and then he gives us this excuse well last night you know when you guys were talking to him he was super high he was sweaty you know, he was looking for all this. He was not any of those things. And he was sober. And they took him. Um, so he was lying to us. And so he got out of there. And we continued driving down Broadway. And we could see, like, it's broad daylight. And we could see guys getting dope out of their vehicles at um, the hotels. One guy's walking with a, a baggie and drops a rock on the ground. And so he's, like, freaking out. He's, he drops it. He's just standing there. And we're, and we're parked right in the middle of Broadway. We just stopped, and, uh, and then hit another guy comes over here, and they're looking for this thing, because this guy's going to be in big trouble if he doesn't find it. And so then we continue on, and then we see another girl tucked in the corner of the bushes over here, and she's coming off her high. She looks possessed. Like, I mean, even worse than the other two girls, she's tucked in the corner, and she's, like, screaming and talking to herself, and, and, just, and, and, and we, so we continue on. We're like, what is going on? And we can see all these exchanges going on through the hotels as we're driving down Broadway, like, I've, like I, in a magnitude I haven't seen before. 
Um, so I, we take her back, and I'm just like super bothered, and just also like uh, feel like we need to like this is what the Lord has called us to do is to activate the the church to be able to share if, on the streets in whatever ministry setting you're in um, across the street in your home, but for us to be out on the streets and uh, to combat this because this has gone unchallenged. That's why they're doing it in broad daylight. They haven't had Christians walk up to them in, in authority in the name of Jesus and talk to them before. That's what we're, we want to do. We want to go and start walking up and down these streets. We want to stand in all these places that the enemy has taken as strongholds and break them down. And we can do that because Jesus has given us the power and the ability to do that. And, um, and so that, that's the ministry we're walking in. And uh, Julia's going to share about stuff that's going on in, with brothels and, and strip clubs um, so that we can also see that not only is the scope up and down Broadway, but it's kind of it's spread out all over Wichita. There's all kinds of little dark corners and dark spots, and probably some in your own, even in your own neighborhoods. But we could stop that. I mean, the hope for this for this world is the church, and so we we unite, we come together, we shine lights in all these dark places, and the enemy has nowhere to run. If he goes to try to find another dark corner, he's going to find a Christian waiting for him. He's not going to know where to go. And then we're going to light up all these dark places. And then he's going to have no place to go. And people are going to come to Christ in the hundreds of thousands. And we're going to see salvation. Sorry. You want to go ahead, hon? Um, I think where it first started just to see like a capacity, a capacity of human trafficking is whenever we lived in Houston. Um, I was, we were driving home from somewhere, I can't remember, um, and I had no clue about human trafficking in general um, or in depth really. Um, but we drive down this um, street called Bissonette at night, it was like probably nine o'clock, and all I've seen was prostitute after prostitute after prostitute, like hundreds. But not only did I see um, hundreds of prostitutes, but I seen all the Johns and all the pimps, like everywhere. I could, I, that's all I seen was the pimps, like all lined up in the back, but they were like watching these girls, and I was like, what, what's happening here, Lord? So I literally went home, and the Lord told me that they were, they were slaves. They weren't prostitutes. I don't even like to call prostitutes prostitutes because they are victims of, you know, they're, they're being sold. Um, so literally the Lord just opened my eyes in that, and we soon um, came to Wichita, and we knew that if it was in Houston, it was it was here too. So we um, started um, just looking um, if there was any brothels and massage parlors, which usually um, the red signs that say massage, they're brothels. Um, and um, it just broke my heart because there's over 30 of them in um, Wichita. And um, I can, I'm just going to share the testimony of um, one that we have um, been going to over and over and over again for the past um, 
probably well yeah I would say six months or so just continually the Lord just highlighting this and it's um, Shanghai Massage it's by Jesus Life on Central um, and um, so we have been going there and it's been crazy because every time we go there the Lord just has us put our hands on this building and all we can do is weep and he shows us pictures uh, we just want to see their their faces we're like Lord we just want to see their their faces in here we just don't want to touch we want to go in and that's the thing that the Lord highlighted that he's going to let us go in and um, and that's been going on for the past month but the, I feel like the Lord has really um, showed off in our in our lives by like we call it the weeping room showing us his heart like just completely weeping for uh, what what his heart is for our city and for these these women and so we've been uh, for the past couple months we've been um, worshiping around this building and just the Lord has really said you have you put two hands on the plow and the rain will come so um, just being just showing up just literally just showing up to this place and that's it we we knew that the spirit was there um, and he would work um, as we were obedient just to show up and um, a light a month and a half ago we were like Lord we want we want in we want to see this woman's face that we know is there and we um, was led um, this month and a half ago to just knock on the door. Just usually they, they have cameras outside so they can see if they're, they won't answer the door if it's a woman. It's, if a male comes, they'll, they'll open the door. And um, so we knocked and we heard a click, which means it was unlocked, but they locked it and they turned off the open sign. Um, light, I mean, and we were very discouraged, but very encouraged at the same time that they see us. They are seeing us, um, whoever's in there. And so the next uh, week we come back and just, um, I remember just putting my hands on the back, because we were drawn to the back of Shanghai Massage, like, because um, in normal, um, brothels um, they have the breaking room which they break them down just making them submit to authority in that place um, and so we just wept and worshipped and um, we seen um, a hand and waiting in the back and we heard their voices like the Lord just activated our ears to hear voices in the back and so we wept and wept and wept again just to see his goodness that he is doing all the hard work for us just showing up and um, the very next week we knocked on the door again and she opened the door and we put our foot in just to kind of proclaim that we were putting a stake in this ground just to bring presence in that place and she was very scared but we asked her name, and we 
just said, we just want to bless you. We just want to love on you. But she was scared and she just closed the door. Um, but she gave us her name. Like, wow, that was um, so kind of the Lord to do. And um, so um, we, again, returned. And this next time she didn't answer the door or anything um, like that. But the following week, she opened up the door again, and we had, but she was very, um, I don't know, um, just standoffish. Like, she just, like, was not, she was like, I'm fine, really fine, and please go away. And, uh, but instead of being discouraged, we were pretty giddy about that, because, um, and we knew that she was experiencing the presence. Um, and um, this last week, um, we showed up, and we were proclaiming Isaiah 60, 61. Just we knew that we have been anointed to just set the captives free. Amen. And we needed that word to stand on. And so we go to the front, and we usually go to the back and pray. And the Lord said, go, go in. Don't go in the back, go in. And we just opened up the door, and we went in. Four women, and then, yeah. and then me. They just went in. But we're like, we don't need, like, the Lord has given us all authority to just go, go in. Just go all in. four went in, and I was I standing outside, I was like, it's about to go down. And she came to the front and she's like, why are you here? Why are you here? What do you want from me? And she's like, and she's like, why are you here again? And I was like, uh, we were like, since we were proclaiming uh, Isaiah 61, that's all that came out of our mouth. Jesus brought us in here to proclaim um, him and to set the captives free like that. And she lit up and said, I'm actually a follower of Jesus. Yes. I was like, whoa, that did not go. And she had a Bible out yeah, too. She was, and I was like, uh, this is confusing. Um, but, and she actually goes to church at in a Chinese congregation downtown. Uh, and that, anyways, um, but um, we were in there for an hour and a half having a conversation with this woman and found out that she's actually letting that happen inside. She's not doing she's it. She's not doing it. Because it's against her, what she believes in. But she allows it to happen, and she knows that it's happening at an even bigger level in multiple other locations. So anyways, she, if girls aren't making... Um, money at their the bro, other brothel locations she's allowing them to come there and do whatever they want um, um, anyways but the big huge thing is she's allowing us to come back and basically disciple her and so like and anyway and she's a big into all the other ones she speaks their language uh, and literally, um, we've been having contact with her, 
and she's inviting this other one that is actually running a full uh, blown brothel on Seneca to come in to meet with us. Like literally all we're doing is showing up and the Lord is the Lord is doing all. And so the, the brothels, they got so many, 30-ish. Some are like legit, like seriously into the trafficking. And some are like at a, a lower level where they provide like services. But it's not at the, at the level that is in other locations. And, and it's all about the economic stuff. It's not like, it's literally they want to make more money. It's not even about the things that they do. They're not even obsessed with that necessarily that's what she said but the thing that caught me off guard is she said even about the culture that we live in she's like I came to America because they said I would become free but I'm more bound and I was just like overwhelmed by that and just in prayer about that that she feels more in slavery in America than she and and so yeah we're just willing to go back and just so thankful that the Lord um, gave us permission just to go in and um, yeah and I he told me that it's the generation before that sowed in that now that you know we're reaping that so I'm just so thankful for the generation before us that has sowed in prayer yeah. um, to that. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. That, and there's a lot of other t- testimonies that's, that, that go along with that, but there's, um, and all of it, um, that we could share with you guys later if, if you would like. Um, but we also want to point out that as evil as a, a lot of the stuff that is that's going on, especially with the pimps and the Johns, uh, they're not uh, out of God's reach, too, those individuals. The, the people that we uh, usually discard as um, not, they're not victims, they're a slave to sin, too. And so we do want it to be salvation for everyone, um, you know. Um, and so, yeah, and, and your guys' prayers and, and partnership and what you guys are doing, keep doing it, keep being faithful with what God is telling you to do. And then just, again, I just... And just this morning was just so cool to think that, you know, I hear God as a father all the time, but never really sank in until like today and like in just the fullness of it, of how grand and just awesome he is. But he is our father. Um, and we want them to know that we want them to walk. How, you know, they can't. How are they going to walk in in presence? How are these addicts and stuff going to let stuff go? Um, how are people going to come off the street? How are people going to get off or get out of brothels and stuff and have a real relationship with Jesus? If if, if they don't understand that they have God as their father because of Jesus and his work. And so being able to really let them know that, and then for most of them that never had a father figure, to know there is, there is a real father figure for them, and then they have access, and we go make that available to them through Jesus and his, and his blood and then and the cross and point them in that direction and walk with them continuously um, and be out there with them. You know? and, we, and we do this together as a body.
And I was really struck by this, this lady who's learning uh, about Jesus. And uh, she said, which struck, and I think she, because we had her, um, she had these little note cards, and um, one of them had the Lord's Prayer. She was wanting to uh, memorize it. And we're like, can you speak that in Mandarin um, and proclaim that uh, right now? And she spoke it in Mandarin, and she was just proclaiming just the Lord's Prayer. prayer just, And it was powerful. It was like um, things are going to shift. And then she was just like, only Jesus can satisfy. And that she got it. She literally got it. And she was, and we were like, yes, and you can, like, I feel like she has just such a, a mantle like on her shoulders that she's going to, yeah, just mother and things are going to shift. And I am so excited. Only Jesus can satisfy. Literally. Thank you guys. Thank you.